But yeah, in case for those who just missed out on what I was saying, we all have isms on this podcast. So if you notice, Tim always starts his most of his points with, I think, I think. Yep, I'm a thinking man. And then with a long pause, and then says something. And then Nathan, if you, if you had a visual for this, you'd see it as well. Nathan will always start with the, the way I look at it is, and then he grabs his mic and then gently just moves it like 0.01 millimeters. I don't even know what, what, what are you even doing with that mic? You're not even moving it. You're not doing anything. Just explain to us what you're ex- exactly what you're doing. Just positioning it, you know, <laughs> just getting that best this audio is mic technique. quality. Just think about his mic technique like from yeah, day one to now. Yeah, yeah. it's his mic. It's well, improved. You know, you're just holding yours all the time. It's wobbling around. I do. It's improved. What do you do? You, do, you just get people's names wrong. Yeah, that's probably my That's yours. Yeah. Bradley Wright Phillips. Sean Wright, oh, yeah. Sean Wright Phillips. Sean Wright Phillips. Yeah. Bradley Light Phillips. Wow, look well, at Sean that. Sean Wright Phillips. You know, Phil- his, son, hey, his son hey, scored a goal this Wait, week. you're sitting where I usually see. Maybe this is what happens when you sit. On the wrong place. No, I just, wa- I just wanted the comfy chair. Hey, to be three generations of rights uh, this this week. <laughs> three generations of wi- rights scoring, scoring goals. goals. The, the magic. Yeah. Across anyway, the years. Sh- sh- should we start this properly? That's properly. That's you know. This that is what the start. people want. Uh, welcome oh to episode nineteen of the Geeking About Podcast. R.I.P. Anyone in headphones. Yeah, we sorry. Pa- was a bit truly apologise <laughs> for the <laughs> lack of professionalism by back again. Nathan. Back again. Episode nineteen next week is episode twenty. He's just done episode it again. 20. He's just held his mic for like two inches. Hey, what do you what do you mean? My mic is perfectly still. Well, anyway. How are we doing this week, boys? That's bad, not too bad. Not too bad, not too bad. Well, Footballing-wise or in life, in general? Well, you know, if you want to turn this into a lifestyle podcast for a week, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about lifestyle, but we're going like, to dig deep into people's dun, lives. Dun, dun, one of those, like, Dr. Phil podcasts. Oh, no, I don't want to hear about Ty's life, please. Dun, we'll stick to football, actually. I went to the gym yesterday, and, yeah. Are you turning into, like, a coach now? Because, like, you've been, like, taking people to gyms. Yeah, I took um, one of our colleagues. I've got two other colleagues who are lining up. And I I feel very professional. You know, I, I charge a very down. high fee. I charge a very high fee. I will have to admit, I and I did this to you yesterday, I squeezed your biceps and you said you did get very self conscious, so I'm sorry for that. But no, the thing is, right. If okay. anyone anyone Actually, who knows Ty, <laughs> Ty's got some bulging biceps right no, now. No, okay. The My thing man is oh, pumping no. iron. The thing is, right, when you go to the gym and you just do your workouts and you go home, I don't really think about the size of how big I'm getting. I do. I only realize... About you, not me. I, I think when about how big you're getting. I yeah. only realize it when someone says to me, oh, damn. And by then I'm just like, uh, okay, let, uh, let, what do I do now? So this guy, clearly, he, he doesn't care so much. He came to football with me on Friday and it was freezing. I had two layers on. Um, uh, everyone had at least something <laughs> long on. The, the man wore muscle fit, like Nike, Nike it wasn't fit even pro muscle t-shirt. Fit. Yeah, it was. It was like the sleeve all went basically was at his rotor cuff on his shoulder, and then he basically <laughs> was like flexing on them. Okay, let me tell you something. Um, this is something you do though. Okay, I believe three that. days ago, the three days before prior to playing football, right? I went on a run and I wore shorts and the exact same thing, and I was fine. And I thought to myself, if I add any more, I'm probably gonna warm up too much. And I don't want to wear that. But then when I got there, I kind of, as I was making my way there, I thought, my goodness. The rookie mistake is that you should have brought layers with you. Yeah, I should have bought layers. So you can take it off. Yeah, I didn't do that. And uh, I utterly regret it. But uh, But it it shows, you know, he he says he's not vain, but actually, 
It's all about you know, thunder and lightning over here. Wait, I wear that shirt. I've, okay, that it was a Primark shirt that I bought. This is not oh a yeah, sponsorship. Not, not, it was not Nike face, and gym section. It's been yeah. one I've had since I started, and I just wear it. I just I didn't realize it's getting all the way to my shoulders. No, I bet you bought it last <laughs> week, and you were purposely bought it one size yeah. too small, didn't you? Yeah. It's easy to flex on everyone. Yeah. Either that or muscle fit. Um. The podcast. What's this podcast about again? Sorry. It's about, it's it's about, about football. Life. It's, it's about, about football. It's Ty's life. It's, it's about you and your muscles. What, what our audience want, really. And okay, oh, Ty, dive. stop flexing on us. Okay, okay we another we thing it. is, right, anytime someone says that, everyone starts to look. So there's a locker room, and that's where people usually put their stuff, right? And the moment Nathan said that, everyone started to look. And that's worse, because now I'm like, uh... All right, pretend you don't like the attention, then. No! I would like to just come in, clock in... Put on my gear and get ready for work. Ty, Ty loves the attention. Yeah, so I hate it. So next time we're all at I'd work, like we're going to come over and squeeze your Thank you very much. Do you remember that, remember that time we did a did a FIFA tournament and you were the center of attention? You absolutely loved it. Until I no, it was because nil. I was bringing in the humor because everyone was taking it so seriously. For those of you who don't know, I actually like played a character in this football tournament that well, made... Oh, no, no, I'm talking, I'm talking about the one we actually played. I don't know about the one we actually played. Not the one we pretended like to be Like with FIFA? Yeah, yeah, Even with that yeah. one. It worked. It, w- yeah, it worked. Yeah, yeah, it still yeah, yeah. worked because people who weren't going to play said they want to play just for the banter now. Yeah. See? Yeah, you work. That's my real talent right that there. That was just you being center of attention. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe that you don't like Talking about center of, deten- of attention. Go on then, Ty. Segway. I want to talk about Ty's the take? gift. Is this, that take? this is Ty's take. The gift that keeps on giving. Okay. I want to talk about probably the best tournament in international football. I would like anyone to argue this with me. Super the cool. most entertaining. Yes, yeah, uh, NFL. Is not the NFL. Because we're world champs. They become the world champs. Yeah. Not the NFL. The or African Cup of Nations. Yes. The World Series. Oh, sorry. This yeah. tournament <laughs> just delivers on a comedic level, on a footballing level, on a surprise level. So much happens it's like per game. It's surprise. You can't even predict what's going to happen next. You can't even guess which team's going to win the African Cup of Nations. And I love it. I would like anyone to tell me a game where the left back of a lower league team, a, a team that should be battered by a team such as um, of the same caliber. Imagine if England played Malta and Malta played their left back in goal and still somehow lost only 2-1. Just imagine that. That is the African Cup of Nations. Plus, you see goalies doing celebrations worthy of a TikTok. I don't know why we bother with any other international competition besides the AFCON. And people didn't want the AFCON to happen? Silly. Nonsense. Okay, so Aussie, for those who don't know, Ty is talking about uh, the left-back from Comoros, uh, Shaka Al-Hadhur, um, who had to play in goal last night because mm-hmm. all three... Ke- well, one keeper was out injured, one keeper has COVID, and the other keeper wasn't able to come back in time even though he'd recovered from COVID because he'd broken protocols or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the left back had to go and goal. They had to tape over his football shirt, his actual shirt number for the tournament. Um, so there's just this blue masking tape three, which is great. Um, he actually saved four of the six shots that he faced against Cameroon, preventing yeah. 1.2 goals according to the expected goals he was ex- ex- expected to concede, um, despite being only 1.72 metres tall. Five foot seven. And there's a there's a there's an image online where when uh, one of the players was on goal, 
Yeah, didn't he? He like, tucked his hands in. Yeah, like he, he forgot he was a keeper. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. If you've been like a uh, uh, left back all your life. Now you tell me, what kind of competition delivers on the same scale as the African Cup of Nations? We didn't get this with the Euros. Everyone was like, "It's coming home, coming home." Then got disappointed when they lost. With this one, I really just love watching each game. Because I just know something is going to happen. The game that's playing on right now, Senegal versus Cape Verde. There are two red cards in that game. This is the most African Cup of Nations nonsense I've seen. And I just love it. I love it. And this tournament is one I grew up with my whole life. And this is the kind of thing I've been seeing my whole life. And I can't believe people are starting to see it now. Yes, there have now been, I don't know if this includes the two from the current game, but 13 red cards at the African Cup of Nations <laughs> this year, which is as many as the previous four tournaments combined. Um, but apparently as well, I have I have just read that apparently Sadio Mane has been forced off in that game with a head injury as well. Um, so I'm going to guess he's going to have to go for some concussion yeah. assessments. Um, but just going back to Comoros last night, I think they won the hearts of many yeah. casual football fans. An absolutely heroic performance. Had 10 men from the seventh minute. Yeah. Um, scored the goal of the tournament so far. Would you call the goal tournament? Goal of the tournament so far, 100%. Oh. What a free kick. I mean, uh, um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, I can't argue with that, actually. But I, I am biased. Shangama? I think I it is, yeah. Name. But yeah, eight, search the goal. It's an absolute rocket in the top corner. And also some upsets. Tunisia beating Nigeria. After just a couple weeks ago, I was saying Tunisia was falling down. And again, this is why I'm saying the African Cup of Nations is just delivering on all fronts. It's unpredictable. Teams that should be going through, like Nigeria, are going out. Teams that should be doing well are not. Nigeria, I think your 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 entire football team is dead. You wear great jerseys, <laughs> That's a bit but harsh. it's trash. Okay. Are they kind of like the all England of, of the noughties? Pretty much. Yeah. All of your players decide to play for England instead, and it's true. We all know most of your players are leaving because look at what happens when you actually play in competitions. You're not doing well. Ghana, are you even a footballing team at the moment? I, what's going on with you? Hmm? Why is there so much hate, Ty? Not hate. It's just honesty. It's hard today, man. These are, pl- these are teams with We're international to to players who play at the highest level, and they are losing to pl- teams like Tunisia. I'm sorry, but that's no, ex- that's no excuse. You have players like Iniacho who are playing quite well, actually, for themselves. What's going on here? There's no excuse. But what I love about it is that's the African Cup of Nations. It delivers on surprise. It delivers on just being something also that has entertainment that only African football can deliver on. And it's one of the only tournaments that is international that I actually like when it happens because I know things like this happen. Not these silly friendlies, these UEFA, what's it called again? Nations Cup, what was it called Nations again? League. Nations League. What kind of nonsense is that? It's just the same boring football Wait. played during important periods. I'm just looking at this. Uh, I, I'm not very up to date, I do apologize. I only see the Instagram and the Twitter um, updates. The Nigerian, now that you trashed him on yeah. a, to no end on this podcast, <laughs> I just saw the game. Alex Awobi came on in the 59th minute, got sent <laughs> on in the 66th. Yeah, sent off. What is this? He did a Mario Barrel telling. And to be fair, right, that challenge... <sighs> questionable. 
I mean, I I don't want to take this away from the African Cup of Nations. I watched that challenge and a red card was given to that. And it was probably only a little higher than the red card that Matt Doherty avoided against Chelsea. It shows that yeah. VAR, no matter where you go, there is a bit of inconsistency I mean, across all competitions. The refereeing in the AFCON has been questionable, Nathan. Has it some of it has, but some of it's been very good as well. Yeah, like, I can give it, but it's, 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 been, it's been like purely good or absolutely abysmal. There's been very little in between. I mean, very compared, to, compared to that, what oh, I can't remember who it was, the Tunisia game where the referee blew the final whistle <laughs> early. I mean, it's been very good aside from that, hasn't it, really? It happened in the Camaros game. The end of the game when Camaros won a counter-attack. What are, they, what are they doing? Yeah, but the time had been played, I'm pretty sure. So the referee has every right to blow the whistle. But do you there. see what I mean? But yes, uh, yeah, Camaros you know, were on the attack. Let um, them go. Just what are they going to do? This is. And it was, to be fair, it was a three-on-three, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So there was a good opportunity. But the referee has every right to blow his whistle as soon as time goes. and I hate that when referees do that. Like, let's just see what happens. Like, uh, yeah, this is entertainment as well. Let us be entertained. Yeah, let's, let, let's say that's Zimbabwe playing, right? And Zimbabwe 2-1 up. And the, final, and the referee and, should and, be and fired. The time, the Sacked. The time's gone. <laughs> no, no, no I'm, saying, I'm saying you're winning. Yeah. And the time goes and the referee goes, you know, I'll let this one can attack go through. Yeah. And then the game goes to extra time and you lose on penalties. All because the referee played 40 seconds extra to see... Why did this guy? Well, if it's my if it's my team, then of course the referee's in the wrong. Yeah. But for the sake of a neutral. So I'm watching the, the the red card now. Yeah. It was given a yellow and upgraded to red. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if you also look up the one that Matt Doherty done at the weekend for Tottenham, which yeah. he avoided, it's a very similar challenge. Yeah. The the problem is right. I think no matter what VAR is, it will always still be right a panel of people who deem whether that is still a dangerous challenge because in some aspects right some challenges Ooh. that don't have any physical contact technically should they be a red card if if a referee says well he got the ball and he didn't really cause any damage they could still say no but if a referee goes well it's it's deeming they deem it as dangerous play they have every right to still give that red card and in in the african cup of nations i have seen so many times where i've just gone the referee has either been too soft or just has let the game go on too much. And it's always going to be impossible, especially when you have also semi-international um, referees managing and refereeing African games where the type of football is completely different. It's like if, I don't know, a referee from uh, America comes in and I don't know, referees a England game. It's just not going to be the same because his tolerance for the behavior on the pitch will be completely different to the landscape yeah. of Premier League games. So when you get a, ma uh, a referee from Argentina, Argentina, like when we played against Senegal, I still got that grudge. I still remember. Don't think I forget, right? I, I know your name. Uh, but, when <laughs> <laughs> but when you have referees coming in to manage games like that, it's are they aware of the type of football they're about to get into, are, they, are their tolerances the same as the tolerances well, with those international players? I, th I think it's why now you tend to get a lot of like refereeing unions who you know, swap referees with different countries for like yeah. two games just to try and get a different style of football under a referee's belt. I, know, I can't remember what country it was. I know it was done in one of the competitions over the last year where they swapped with like two, ref excuse me, two referees from Argentina. But yeah. it has to be done because ultimately football in each continent is very different it's very if you look at i guess um like 
uh, what's it called again? The Copa, Copa America, is it? Copa America. The Copa America football is very different. You touch someone there, they fall to the ground before you can even say yellow card. Like, you can't have a referee from the AFCON there because they'll be bullied to bits. They will just let game play on and you just have 15 players on the ground rolling on the floor for no reason. So, you know, it's things like that where I just go, you know, it is what it is, but most of the games have been entertaining. Um, I do think that other the other international competitions are really going to have a tough time to beat the entertainment value that the African Cup of Nations gives. And it could just be that people are just so used to just all teams have to be so tactical. Whereas when you see the AFCON, you can s truly see just pure passion. Pure passion of football. Like look at Comoros, we're talking about them, right? People just love them because they're just playing for the game. They just love it. And it's an they're underdog doing well. just yeah, underdog yeah. playing with no fear, attacking a much bigger team, a much better team. Yeah. And nearly winning. And this goes taking them yeah. to the wire without a goalkeeper. Yeah. And a left back at that. And this is why I was mentioning before about the format of having at least one team from each uh, from each like playoff for the World Cup to have one team that is outside the higher ranking teams just to be in that bracket because you get these stories to be told at a higher level. So what you're saying is you want to insert a sacrificial lamb like for entertainment. Like imagine well, if Comoros was in a group with Belgium, Portugal, and I don't know Cuba, and they were playing their hearts out to the world. Just imagine the amount of love everyone would have for Comoros. Every time they show up on the pitch, just imagine a left back playing against, I don't know, Kevin De Bruyne, and Kevin De Bruyne can't score a goal against him. Just how, just imagine just that, that picture in your mind. Whereas now we just go, oh, it's Belgium versus, I don't know, just the same level of competition every single time. The romance is not the same. No, fair enough. I take your point. I guess as well, they're like, this is where the 2026 World Cup comes in a little bit more in the fact that it will be the first World Cup with 48 teams instead of 32, so you're getting an extra 16 teams. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find the exact breakdown, but I can't quite find it. Where is it in 26? Uh, 2026 World Cup is North America, Canada, ah. USA, Mexico. Um, is that the one where Europe has, is it four more, six more teams? Or is it... So Europe... Uh, UEFA go from, I think they've got 13 teams in this World Cup. They got to 16. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think now. Uh, yeah, I found I found the breakdown. Yeah, 13 to 16. Um, OFC, which is the Oceania region, go from 0 0.5 because obviously their team has to go into a playoff currently. Yeah. Um, they go to one, so one automatic team in the World Cup. Uh, Cotton Bowl, which is South American. They go from currently 4.5 up to 6. Uh, CONSACAF, which is North America, and the um, islands around go from 3.5 to 6. Uh, US fans rejoice. You Africa go back. from 5 teams to, s to 9 teams. And Asia go from 4.5 teams to 8 teams. There's, there's some big big changes there for certain teams. Yeah, like if you look at, I guess if the playoffs for the World Cup for the Af you know, the AFCON region are as competitive as they have been now, then you could get some dark horses in there, teams that have never been there before. 
I do still worry about having so many teams. So that, that's probably a discussion for a different day. Well, I, I read the format the other day, and it's how it's it's a, a certain amount of groups of three, isn't it? It's yeah. Uh, is it sixteen groups of three? Around around that. I think and then they all go groups. through to a round of thirty-two. And then a round of sixteen. And, and then the round of sixteen, and so on and yeah. so on. So yeah. it's less group stage games, more knockout games, which I guess is great. Uh, more entertaining football you know you're not just going to start playing for draws you're going to actually start playing for wins um, although if you're a team like a lower league team and you're grouped with France and Brazil and you I lose d- your I first game I that's it, it I, don't know if, I don't know if that will happen as much I mean if, if it does happen if let's does, just say yeah. if it does happen and you're just hoping the last game will be the game that you can at least salvage something from it just takes away that it means by the second game you know you now have to win by goal difference to go through if you know like there's just not as much i guess in the way of last minute drama that could happen compared to when you have three games because the second game you could just draw and just barely get get through and your second the last game you could just hope for the best yeah. and still make it through so well, i guess portugal did it in the euros in 2016 they drew yeah. every single game up until the final and they went through an extra time on penalties in every game yeah and that get taken away, but I guess we'll see it. I'm I'm up for anything new, but uh, loving the Afcon. Not sure at this point is going to win. I still think uh, Senegal have probably uh, a lot more in their tank and Cameroon as well. But we'll see what happens. It will be interesting. And just one more fact I've just seen on it about red cards again. Been more red cards shown to substitutes <laughs> so far, which is three. That this doesn't include the ones today. So if any of yeah. the ones today were substitutes, then this is another one. But three so far given substitutes at the 2021 African Cup of Nations. Then in the previous seven editions Dang. of the competition combined, uh, this is from Optijo on Twitter as well. So um, this yeah. is where this is that's as far as their data goes. So it could it be even be further. And great. also the defensive this year, defenses this year have been much better than the previous seasons. Like, there's some years where teams like Comoros would just be automatically destroyed. But um, they have played a lot better. Um, and if you also just want to see good celebrations, like really funny celebrations, just watch the highlights and see the celebrations. I don't know how these people cook up these these highlights, but man, is it funny. Yeah, it's It's been a cracking tournament so far to watch and definitely worth watching. I think there's still two more nights yeah. Um, of the round of 16 before quarterfinals next weekend and then semifinals and obviously the final as well. Great watch so far. Uh, I want to segue slightly um, just off what we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, VAR. Um, we talk about it a lot on this podcast, uh, more negatively than positively, but VAR is in the spotlight again this weekend for a couple of reasons. Um, I want to touch on the two big decisions that I feel have been influenced by, by VAR this weekend, that being the Harry Kane goal that was disallowed against mm-hmm. Chelsea in the first half and the Diogo Yota penalty that was given for Liverpool. Mm. Uh, I want to start off with the the Harry Kane goal. Um, obviously, as a Chelsea fan, I'm going to say it, beating Tottenham four times in a season <laughs> is great. And Chelsea are the first team to beat Tottenham four times in a season <laughs> since Chelsea done it in 2005. <laughs> it's absolutely great. Um, but yeah, that game could have gone a completely different way if Harry Kane's goal would have been given. Um, obviously, if you'd watched it via Sky Sports, you would have seen Gary Neville saying, you know, it's it's, it's a goal, no foul, no foul. Uh, Roy Keane disagreeing, saying, well, it is a foul. Um, it, it, it is a questionable one. I think even as a Chelsea fan, I can say Thiago Silva goes down very easily, very theatrically um, to a push in the back. Um, but is VAR 
stepping in at the right times this season? Again, it goes back to um, I think we mentioned it. I mentioned before, which is, do we? Is this? Is it still? Are we doing it by paper, by what the law says, or are we doing it by perception? Because there are some chances where you look at them and you say, this is a matter of personal preference. What does a referee deem as being a foul? If that push for a referee goes, well, I've seen situations like that where if a player's in motion and they're given a slight nudge, it can knock them off balance. If they see that and they go, okay, I know this is the case, then they can say, yeah, this is a penalty, this is a free kick. But if a referee goes, look, buddy, you're a defender, you have experience, and I've not seen you go down like this ever before. This is not, I've never seen you do this before. <laughs> so Sorry. I don't know why you're falling down to the ground the way you are. So, you know, is VAR ever going to be perfect? I don't think so. I'm just trying to watch the... Yeah, I, I just said it to Tim, just yeah. in case. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find the highlight. And, and wow, he, the, Thiago Silva fell even before Harry King got the ball. And that's why I go to myself is... I know it wasn't a penalty. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't even say it was a free kick. Definitely wasn't. I mean, you look at look at that. That's a defender, experienced. If that was a head for goal and it was a 50-50, he would not be going down like that. He would be pushing, shoving. He knew he was in trouble the moment that ball was coming towards Harry Kane. But also, this is where I go. Harry Kane should have known better. Didn't he knows him. VAR is here. Yep. This is a Brazilian did international. Did he, did he go to VAR. And th- th- this this is the this is the thing like the goal's not given yeah so VAR isn't going to overturn it because it's not a clear and obvious error but if that goal is given Fair. VAR isn't going to turn it because it's not a clear and obvious error like doesn't it, mean by it, it depends it, on the it's manager down right? to re- it, it's Referees, down to the referee sorry. now and VAR's there to supposedly help clear up decisions yeah but is it just making them more complicated but think of the game though it's Chelsea versus Tottenham every game gets heated for whatever reason. And we always know the center of it is Tony Rudiger. Love that man. Best defender in the league right now. <laughs> Him and Aspie <laughs> together, absolutely. <laughs> they wind up people. But I've never seen, but if you look at those games, as a referee, you have to be in mindful that, okay, if I do anything that goes the wrong way, this game can turn into something else. Like imagine if that goal was not given. I mean, if that goal was given, sorry. And because it was at Chelsea at our home turf, just how negative, I guess, the game could have turned. Just how more toxic it could have, it could have been. And I, I've seen some of the Tottenham fans saying, oh, the referees was dodging. I'm like, well, I was dodgy. I'm like, well, did you really still play well? Because a lot of times I go for VAR and I go, okay, there are, day, there are moments where there's one chance in the game that could have changed the match completely, and that would have been it. This Harry Kane opportunity was way e- earlier in the game. So the Tottenham fans can't complain. You can't say, oh, the, the ref was dodgy. It's like, well, where were the other chances to score a goal? You can't all put it down to the VAR. Same with, I guess, when I look at Chelsea, I go, you can't just put it down to VAR that we drew 1-1 with a team like Brighton or we drew games against Burnley and things no, like that. No, that was, you that just, was can't just poor, poor defending, isn't it? Yeah, and you have 90 minutes. You c- how c- we can't keep complaining about a two-minute decision affecting a whole game because you still have the rest of the 88s to change your mind. Now, if the whole game that's been happening against you completely makes sense, that it would damage your rhythm or hurt you a little bit. Like if Tottenham, I guess, lost 2-1, they'll be like, well, that could have been 2-2. I get it. But you lost 2-0. So 
you know, what leg, what legs do you have to stand on? I don't know, Tim. Uh, how, how do you feel about it all? Because the Jota goal as well, like the penalty, was that even a penalty? Well, I'm just, I'm just watching the highlights as we talk about it because I clearly didn't watch the football this week. Um, <laughs> I, I was watching some other kind of football. Um, <coughs> it's, I think number one, the problem is, um, football rules are so open to interpretation. So yep. you add on another tool. It, it, I don't think. I think it's one of those things where VAR is neither good or bad. It's it it just reveals whatever is already there. Football rules are meant to be uh, are so ob- subjective. Yeah. Right. Like dangerous tackle. Right. That what what's dangerous tackle? A natural unnatural position where your hand is. What's an unnatural? We talked about yeah. this the other day. Yeah. About um about Zimbabwe. The, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, the 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 VAR is only a magnifying glass on still a subjective issue. Yeah. You look at other sports that has TV replay. The a, a majority of the rules that I watch anyway. You know, I I watch a little bit of cricket. I watch quite a bit of NFL. I watch NBA. A lot of the rules. That that are reviewable, are rules that are pretty clear cut. Yeah, it's just to see whether or not there's a miss call, like miss roughing the passer, miss um, you know pass interference call. So I I don't think VAR is the problem. Yeah, I, I think that you guys were alluding to even during the Afcon conversation is that there's such a varying level degree of r- referee interpretation and refereeing sort of standards across the board, even within the Premier League. All the refs are clearly not aligned yeah. on how to make a call. When you look at when you look at um, uh, NBA and NFL again, I, I just keep going back to these guys. Yeah. Um, the refs, there's just like three refs. They can all of them have given equal power to make a call. Yeah. And they discuss by committee. They all have headphones to get. I'm sure, like you know, the yeah, ref, they do. The linesman here and the fourth official all have yeah. uh, headphones. But like you don't see it's the main ref. The main ref has most of the power yeah. to call a foul. Yeah. And it's up to them to interpret the game. Yeah. And I think maybe, like you're saying there, Tim, right, you talk about watching different types of sports. And I think if you look at, for example, rugby and even other inter- uh, other types of sports, they always have microphones for us as an audience to actually listen in. To what they're saying. To what they're saying. We're not guessing. We're not guessing, exactly. Yeah. Like, if we listened to the VAR call, right, yeah. and we heard them say, look, the challenge seems very soft, but it could swing one or either way, go up to the board and make the call yourself. Mm. If we heard that as supporters, we'd be like, okay, that's what they said. They think it could swing either way. The referee has now made the choice yeah. to swing the other way. Or they could say, hey, look, you've, we feel like you've made an obvious error. Would you prefer we do this? Like, If we had just more insight, this anger would just not be the same. Uh, obviously, I've, ju- I've just sent you both the um, decision in the Newcastle Man City game from earlier on in the season, yeah, which again is a very similar incident. Ryan Fraser runs through Yota. Edison. Edison yep. takes him out. Um, you know, both are very similar challenges, just in different areas of the penalty box. Uh, what's interesting about both of these fouls, obviously, the Yota one was given, the Fraser one wasn't, but on both days the VAR was Craig Pawson. Um, yeah. Same ref. Same ref on VAR for both yeah. decisions. He gives one and not the other. How come? Well, it's it, it's such like an open question. It, it is down to perception, yeah. yes, but when it's the same person making them calls, what's interfering? Well, I saw. I'm looking at the Twitter thread, 
of the thing you just sent well, us. It's just, it's just and someone makes a very good o- o- yeah, observation, go which is, does Jota, is Jota stopped from, from having contact with the ball beyond the goalkeeper? Would you say yes or no? Has he overrun the ball, though? Is the ball already that's on I mean. the way out? Well, that's the question. Is yeah. Has the goalkeeper stopped Jota from being able to actually have another contact with the ball within the box? Has he stopped him? Well, I suppose that th- that wasn't even the... I, I suppose... Like, as a referee, let's say you were the referee, right? Yeah. A decision like that would be the thing we think of as, does it justify a penalty? Like, for me, right, a, uh, an incident in the box must either be a challenge that could cause harm to a player or stop a player from playing the ball. In well, this case, if Jota well, was stopped at the goalkeeper... I suppose the, the rule is that if you foul the guy in a penalty area, you, it's a penalty. But if, if the player is just running towards you and you as a goalkeeper are doing your job and you dive to the ball and the player comes to you... Yeah, but that's not the rule, is it? That's what I mean by yeah. as, as a referee then what call do you make? Do you make the call in terms of logic or do you go You're exactly to the book? I don't know what the, the rules are for VAR refs, but if we're following the letter of law, then both of those should have been a penalty. But now as referees, are we expecting them to follow the letter of the law or do we expect them to use logic? But that's logic? what I mean. Like there's so much that, that is so open to interpretation. I can interpret the same situation on different days. Yeah. Differently. Yeah. I think <coughs> I think the thing is for me, like I watched that foul, and you can clearly see Gaeta, the the Yota one. Gaeta yeah. tries to pull out, and as soon as Yota notices him try to pull yep, out, he, yeah. he, he the steps ball away. across. Yep. Well, no, yeah. he kicks the ball and he puts his yep. leg across, ultimately looking for a penalty. Yep. Which I would put into a category of is it simulation? Because he, yeah. his natural running pattern isn't going that way. Yeah. But to put, uh, I know we've had this before where defenders all you know, stick a leg out to get a foul in their own penalty area to clear the pressure or yeah. or even attackers do it to win penalties. But when it comes to a situation like this where you clearly have to change your running angle to stick a leg out to make the contact, yeah. is it simulation? I think Are that's, you looking for it? You can't argue no. I look at the... I know the Edison one, right, was shown before. Was that an injury to... Was it Ryan Fraser, right? Yeah, it was Fraser. Like, you can down. tell that Edison was trying to stop this is where we were before about the handball, right? A natural position. Naturally, what is the goalkeeper meant to do in that position? His momentum is going on. How can he stop himself? He can't. And then if the player sees it and goes, oop, here's my chance to get a penalty, should we be allowing VAR to then say, or to step in and say that's a penalty? But then it goes to question, then why do we even have well, no, VAR? The, well what, the question, what's the, pr- what's the, the point the of the letter the, of the law? The, the law? the law is that if you foul someone in the penalty area, yeah. Yeah, the, que- the problem is the refs are not interpreting it consistently. And hearing it in yeah. definitely would change the like entire the, topic. I, I, I personally think there's too much objectivity, uh, subjectivity within refereeing calls in, in, in football. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like just my experience watching other sports is it's way more black and white yeah. than it is in the Premier League. Yes. So I don't I don't mind. I personally, this is my personal take, is that I don't mind which way they take, yeah. which way they go. But but you need to let the football know the footballers know which is the line you stand on, yeah. which side you take. If it's gonna be a heart rule, then make it a heart rule consistently. Yeah. The refereeing association needs to communicate with all the referees that there's there's no grey area. Yeah. It's gonna be black or white. Yeah. And but they don't do that. The yeah. problem with VAR is that the referees, by nature, 
don't conduct themselves that way. Yeah. And so, and so that's why VAR is generating contro- controversy. Not because VAR is controversial. Yeah. It's because refereeing is controversial. Yeah. And the decisions they make. Right? Yeah. That's my take. Yeah. Nathan, what do you think? I agree with Tim. I agree with Tim. It's VAR is is interpretation, but as you say, there needs to be a clear yes. None of this like if it's a handball in the area, yeah. it's a handball in the area. You can't have it well. Yeah. This isn't a handball. Or this is a handball, yeah. but it's not a penalty. Or like yeah. the ball wasn't going goal way, so it doesn't count. Yeah. 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 If it's like in the penalty area, let's just give it. Yeah. We yeah. Ha- you have to give it in 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 that when you yeah. do that. Defenders will change the way they play because they won't mm-hmm. go sticking their arms up. Naturally, they'll have yep. to find ways to keep their arms into their body if they're going to yeah. challenge or try and but block a yeah. shot. But now they know there's a 50% chance that the rest are not going to give yeah. it, so yeah. they're going to fling their arms around. Yeah. If, 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 for example, like like me and Tim, we both watch the NFL, and in it, they make calls that sometimes can be controversial, but in most cases, it's because they're following the letter it's of black the law. It's black and white. It's black and white. It's clear as day. And if they get it wrong you can really tell when they get it wrong. Yep. And when they get it right, you can tell 100% they get it right. And when they make the call, they can they give you reasons as to why they make the call. And I think with VAR in play, it VAR was meant to be the answers, the, the questions we had when... About refereeing. About refereeing yep. when we didn't know what they were saying, right? Yep. When, the, when the referee would be on his little, I guess, radio with his other refereeing uh, body as to a decision being made, we thought VAR would answer those questions, like why did they make that choice? But so far what VAR has done is, has completely just allowed everyone to make up their own mind, even more so than before. Like before it'd be like, oh, the referee didn't give it? Okay, we move on. That was poor decision making, but okay. But now we can be like, but if you saw the replay ref- You have all these tools and you're still making a bad call. Exactly. The the, 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 The problem with that is, the audience think yeah. it's VAR's fault. Yes. But it isn't. It's refereeing. It's the whole, there's a whole big problem with refereeing at the moment yeah. in, in world football, especially, you know, EPL, being that 3.8 billion people watches the Premier League. Yeah. But th- yeah, the problem is, yeah, th- th- it's, it's, it's just too much inconsistency, too much um, area for interpretation, too much, I suppose, emotion put into refereeing. Yeah. Whereas refereeing is supposed to be cool, cold, and just analyze situation as black and white as it is. And question, Tim. Like, when I watch the NFL, there's a lot more referees yeah. than there is in any other sport. Like, yeah. in basketball, there's, there's at three. least three on the pitch. Yeah. But if you compare it to the average when it comes to, like, per player, yeah. football has less per head yeah. in terms of a referee than in other sports. But, but I think that's where the, the consistency in 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 refereeing comes into play here, right? In yeah. the NFL, guys, I'm really sorry that we keep talking about NFL. I know most <laughs> of the audience don't care about NFL. <laughs> but it, there's a rule in NFL, for example, pass interference. Yeah. As a defender, you can't touch the, 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 the player you're marking until yeah. they've received the ball. No matter if it's just a little tap or you completely shove them out of the way, that's yeah. a pass interference call. And referees call them every time. Yeah. Even if it's just a small little tap on the shoulder. Yeah. Even if it's a little shrug, like, yeah. oh, I just want to make, make way sure, for myself. Yeah. No, nope, you yeah. can't even do That's that. That's a PI call. Yeah. So, like, because they're so, it's just black and white in the NFL. Yeah. I'm not saying it, uh, uh, the refereeing is perfect there. There's some really dodgy calls there. But anyway, um, th- there's a lot less room for controversy. Yeah. Well, you, people have less of these discussions. Yeah. And so, in, in, whereas in, in football, in world football, 
I think there's a lot of or whether or not that that goal is that the ball is going goalwards or if it, like just now we're talking about whether or not there's a is, yeah. is the keeper blocking Yotta from touching the ball again. Yeah. Because there's so much room for that inter- interpretation. The foul suddenly becomes oh maybe he's not a foul or maybe he's not serious en- yeah. enough of a foul. And when you look back at that replay, yeah. it looks even worse because you're thinking, is the referee seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. And is he seeing what everyone else is seeing? And if he is, how can he still make that call? And then it becomes, uh, we start questioning the ref's integrity. Yeah. Or the refereeing body's integrity. Yeah. And then the next game, it affects it, right? Yeah. They become either much softer yep. to certain challenges or less softer to certain challenges. Like how many games have we seen where one referee will be giving out, I don't know, yellow cards and red cards like it's, like it's you know, a Friday night. And then all of a sudden, What's so special I, about know, Friday I, I don't know, <laughs> Friday is when everyone's off work. I don't know, people go crazy. But And then the next game, they just decide, actually, you know what? I don't want to give yellow cards. And then you see a dangerous play, and you're like, that's a yellow? <laughs> or you've just let that go? Oh, it's the first minute of the game. I can't be giving Saudi Amani a red card. It's 30 seconds in. It's like, oh, what? Where, where's... But if it's the 80th minute, you would give a red card. What's going on here? Like, yeah. how are yeah, we... Yeah, exactly. How, exactly. What, 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 where does this correlate? Yeah. yeah. How can we be lenient... Yeah. but not lenient at certain times and against certain yeah, teams. Yeah, and, and that's another thing because I think in, okay, we keep comparing to NFL, but in NFL, the rule that there's, there's a, the punishment yeah. is, is um, consistent with the crime. So, yeah. so there's no like, oh, you, you, that was a really huge tackle, mis- uh, he, really bad pass interference. So you get 50 yards penalty on this. Yeah. And then you get a really soft PI, so you get a five yard penalty. It's always 15. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to red cards in just both UEFA and English football um, so in in the rest of Europe if you make a challenge above the ankle nine times out of ten you're going to be given a red card yeah. Yeah. however if you come to the Premier League it's down to intensity and was there yeah. intent to, to, to make it is yeah. it a dangerous yeah. well play? like even like we're just talking about Iwobi exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly that's because the thing Iwobi that's a red card in most other places around the world and it's above the ankle but yeah. if you come to the UK that will get VAR it, reviewed in our, in our head yeah. it was like yeah. oh that might be a hot that might be a that's a, that's a really soft red in, but yeah. in any other places that's a hard red and even like we're talking about international football right yeah. like in any game look at when Brazil or whenever when Neymar plays why do people hate Neymar so much because he dies all the time yeah. or he does this but I challenge anyone to actually watch either Spanish football or um, South American oh, okay. football when you watch those teams, <laughs> I want to watch the French <laughs> but when you watch those teams play, the contact isn't as physical as here in the Premier League. Mm. And so the footballing body, like you said, mm. it's not consistent. Yep. A challenge on Neymar from in South America is different to a challenge on Neymar yep. from a referee in the Premier League. I like, remember, why are you on the ground? I remember watching the World Cup. I can't remember when it was, but the pregame discussion was also was surrounding the referee. Yeah. Whether or not, oh, because this referee's from this place, they're going to call stuff exactly. Way. Yeah. Like surely that shouldn't be part of the discussion of the game. Yeah. Because we're talking about yeah. com- uh, trying to be as there's no there's no there's never going to be 100 percent fairness, right? There's always yeah. going to be a human element to it. But why are we not trying to reduce the uh, human element to it as much as we can in football? Yeah. In football game, world football game officiating. Yeah. There's just too much human element to it. I think. Like if you said right about the handball, if it was consistent throughout that the moment the ball touches the hand and that was it, then yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. But the fact that we have to have every week say this, is it yeah. a look hard? We discuss this every time a controversial. But it's not. Yeah. Just, just to segue off of VAR briefly, um, so we've spoken about the impact it has. Obviously, it, 
he's now starting to affect as well certain games and in that respect the league table this year is the most I've heard people talking about refereeing yeah yeah yeah. but it is is now affecting different games it's it's, it's affecting the league table and obviously (coughs) people are now you know it's it's a tighter relegation battle again now it's Liverpool coming back at the top and when we talk about Liverpool are we actually talking about Liverpool because obviously they've been brought back into it this weekend right Crystal Palace <laughs> ca- ga- gave the game to them yeah. um, that penalty was given by VAR yeah. uh, I sent you both a video of the second goal yeah. which clearly shows uh, I can't remember who it was was it Firmino jumping for a header from an offside position which yeah. affects the state of play and that's when Oxlade-Chamberlain scores his second yeah. are Liverpool now because of you know, the result for City at the weekend, are they now back in contention for the title? Because they've got a game in hand okay. over City and then, you know, it puts them within, you know, six, five six points. points. Yeah. And, and if City slip up once more and Liverpool win, it's three points. I think with the with the way that City are playing, I don't know if you look at this, Tim, but City just don't look like losing. Uh, they just don't look like they're going to drop... More I haven't watched two points. Man City is the team I've watched least this year because I know they're just going to win it. Yeah, yeah. But when you but, have confidence in team so like that, like if they continue, if they, that's a very rare draw. Yeah. But if they draw next game, the le- the game's back on. It's now four points, potential yeah. f- potentially four points. Yeah. And it's actually better for Liverpool to be coming well, from behind. Well, but like that's this. another thing about the refereeing, right? Because there's so much human interpretation to it. Oh, Are we dang. saying, is the league manipulating the refereeing so that oh. the league can become more entertaining again? Yeah. Are we are we giving penalties to yeah. Liverpool are, are because they're in a, a battle and not giving them to yeah. Newcastle? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's and not are City going to start conceding so many penalties are we, because... Yeah. Are we going to see another F1 on our hands? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but that's the thing, right? I'm not saying that's ha- what's happening. But it I, can I, happen. No, I'm, I'm in no way... Um, Questioning the integrity of the yeah, Premier League. Yeah. This is not the NBA we're talking about. Tim Toe Wolf over there in their corner. <laughs> no, but but I'm saying because it's so inconsistent. Yeah. There's always going to be talks about this, and surely, like, I know it's all fun and entertainment, and and, and it draws more people to a crowd. But like, yeah. it just really turns off the the traditional fans of the of the game. I think. Yeah. And even like when you as a as a supporter watch the game, you are thinking, who's the referee of this game? You sh- we shouldn't really yeah. be talking about referees in this. Like, no. one's more lenient. Like, I don't know if, I mean, if you play FIFA. One's <laughs> more lenient, one's not as lenient. Like, when you can choose a slider yeah, yeah, yeah. as to which referee you have. Like, just imagine that. What does that mean when you have a letter of the law? So if Liverpool can come back and, I guess, fair and square, get to four points within Man City, I think it would put pressure on Man City. Because for some reason, Man City... Or can go through bad runs or medium runs. They can go through s- little spots where maybe it's being put into question. And are Liverpool in the same position as City were? Uh, was it two seasons ago where City had like four or five games in hand and then they just won the league and every single game up until they caught up? Because if City, let's say City lose their next game, Liverpool just go to have more fire in them to want to w- to win every game. Because mm. if they win every game, they're like, well. Now we're seven points behind. Oh, yep. now we're four points behind. Oh, now we're a point behind. Now we just have to beat them at our home turf. Is it? Are they, are they playing away or at home when they play uh, um, City next? I think the next game is Norwich. No, as in like when they play City next. Who Liverpool? Yeah, will they uh, be away or at home? They don't know off the top of my head. Let me just quickly have a look. They might be away, but when they do play City away, the difference could be 
four or three points at that at, in that moment. And if that's the case, who's who's more likely going to win that game? It's probably going to be Liverpool. Still, I'm still trying just to find, trying it. find the game. <laughs> just find the just game. trying to find it. Um, Don't tell me it's like the last game of the season because uh, that would. I be think it's towards the end of the season. Yeah, oh. there it is. Ninth of April. Uh, City at the Etihad. At City Liverpool. at the Etihad. Oh yeah. And one thing about the Etihad is it's a dead stadium. I'm sorry. It's just like the Chelsea fans. We I mean, don't have great supporters. City have got a tough not run. Not in, the, not in the league. They're pretty good in the league. Anyway, City have got some tough games coming up. You know, they've got Tottenham. They've got Man United in their yeah, next five. I wouldn't five. call that a tough game. But yeah. anyway. No, but then they've also got teams that are fighting. You've got they've got Norwich, who they always batter, and they probably will batter. But it's a team that's fighting. They've got Everton, who are a team that are fighting. They've got Brentford, who are a team that are fighting. Well, Norwich with they're going to be hope. T- th- these are going to be <laughs> tough games for City, and we may start to see City. For City or Liverpool fade for City. Yeah. You know these. Uh, you look at the, You look at Norwich. You look at Everton. You look at Brentford, and it, it, uh, it is three easy teams. Yeah. I'd, I'd put my money on it. But these are teams that are fighting, and when you've got something to play for, if they play different. Look at the last three weeks. I suppose last three game weeks, you definitely feel like Liverpool's on the up. Yeah. And you feel like I don't know where Man City's going. And with those games in hand, it gives you something different because you are now the pressure's not on you. The pressure's right now is on City. Yeah. Because if Liverpool lose a game, it's like. Oh, I guess City are running away with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then City are like, well, I mean, Liverpool's maybe playing we with are. no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool's next five, they've got none of the current top teams. You know, they've got Leicester, Burnley, Norwich. Okay, West Ham are up there. Yeah. Um, but they've been a bit inconsistent recently. And then they've got Brighton, which are, t- again, tough games. Brighton, you, draw you, Kings. You, you fancy Liverpool <laughs> to pick up more points in their next five games than maybe Man City would. And City somehow have s- escaped having any injuries I don't and, know and, and another co- team that's done that well the, the one COVID outbreak they had was when their games had already been called off anyway so yeah. you know they haven't had to deal with the loss of huge amount of players like some of the teams have had to like Liverpool like Chelsea yeah um, although Liverpool are playing more games they do have the cup final and City aren't having to play as many no and I, I, th- I think the thing is with that as well when you come back to Champions League period as well maybe how far you have to travel comes yeah. into it but and injuries who has the biggest squad I, I think the thing city is we look have at, the biggest squad you look at Liverpool and yes City have the biggest squad you look at Liverpool squad and you go how the hell are they up there in second with that with that team they've got um, a good start in I mean, but where, where are their depth where, where, I'm talking about no, their depth I mean let's, let's all be serious here this is Liverpool this team has consistently shown attacking wise. Yeah, but I'm talking about the depth. Like you look outside that starting eleven for Liverpool. Yeah. And you're looking at players on the bench like James Milner, like Curtis Jones. Um, These are the same players Arigi. who were there when they won the Champions Arigi. League. Arigi. Yeah, but you look at them and you think they're not world class players, but somehow they're playing world class football. But that's a and when they're called upon, they're yeah. stepping in. Although Nico Williams is the backup. Although can right we back. can we just or can, we need to stop this? I'm not a fan of this when we say. These players aren't good. They're playing for Liverpool. You are there because you are in a team that is there to win their Premier League. 100%. But you look which at means you should be playing to win games. 100%. But you look at the teams like Man City and Chelsea. Yeah. Look at their squad depth. It's filled with more superstars, to say. You look sure. at Liverpool's. And yeah, fair. And, and, and on paper. They've brought a, yeah, paper, they've brought yeah. a lot more players. You know, Nico Williams, Curtis Jones through yeah. the academy. Um, they've had to play you know, Kaide Gordon, a lot of youngsters this year. Yeah. And every time Liverpool brings someone in, Even they're their stepping up. Right, Tyler yeah. Morton, came a, came a Callahan. Yeah. Players are stepping up. And they, these are the backup players you don't think should be playing for a team that are challenging for a title. And yeah. somehow, Klopp is getting the best out of them week after week after week. And 
it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. So, do you, so Nathan, do you think they can? Do you think Liverpool I th- can close I th- that I th- gap? I think the gap can be closed. Uh, by how many I points? think it's a two-horse race. I think Chelsea are now out of it, but I think Liverpool can bring that back. So let's say we get to March. What's the points difference between Liverpool and City? I don't know, but I think it's a, it's a lot narrower than it will be now. I think, yeah, I think now that we've done this little small little analysis, the gap between, and I'm sure the Liverpool players will know this, the gap between Man City, the possible gap between Man City and Liverpool is actually quite tight. Oh, how many do you think it would be? Let's say we get to March. How? What? What's get to the what? Reali- to March. Okay. Yeah. We get to March, which is which is which is realistically only three games anyway. Yeah, like <laughs> maybe not three. I think it's about four games because Liverpool have more games in hand. Remember. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So one Liver- or two so games. Liverpool in hand. play three games in February, and Man City, uh, I think, also play three. Isn't games it in crazy February. to think they went from playing like ten games in a month and a half? Yeah. To like playing three games a month in the league. Yes. Although they'll be playing FA Cup and League sure. Cup. And, and Champions yeah. League, yeah. sure. And then you look yeah. at but Chelsea, we're playing Club World Cup. That's two extra games if they get through. You know, League Cup final, that's another extra oh game. Wow. Is, is, this, is this you slowly kind of saying there's a reason why we're not playing so well? <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is we put it in the program of the weekend. We've I averaged a game every 3.5 eight days. draws. I just no think. excuse. Hey, didn't you, did you see the stat the other day? Um, Pep and Klopp has never lost three consecutive games to a manager until yeah. they've met Tuchel. Really? Yeah. Two cool wow. masterclass. Yeah. Uh, s- just going back on that, City play actually play four games in February, so yeah. they'll have another game on Liverpool. So let's say we get to March, beginning of March. Yeah. How many points do you think City with two games in hand would still be? Well, yeah, because C- City end up playing Brentford, Norwich, Tottenham, and okay. Everton. Okay, let's say they get to the same games. Let's say let's say thirty Liverpool games, thirty, 30 games. games, nine yeah. games left, okay. left, yes. se- left in the season. No, eight games. Eight, yeah, no, Mets. yeah, yeah. That one, so I can't. Both do teams get to thirty games yep. played. So seven games for City, eight games for Liverpool. How many points do you think is a difference? I, I'm looking at you know five, six points. Five, six. Yeah. Tim. I can see. I can see Man City dropping points. Yeah. Um. Do you think you can see them dropping points or do you want them to drop points? Why would I want Liverpool to win the bloody league? Why do you want no, as City like to win the league? As a neutral, for entertainment value, do you feel like there's an aspect where we're all going, oh, look at these games for Man City. I think they could lose. Is that us saying we want them to drop points? Well, I definitely or want them to drop points. Is that us just going, oh, I think genuinely, realistically, this Man City team can concede goals. I'm just looking at the at the at the fixtures, the next five games anyway. Yeah. Man City is facing tougher opponent opponents. Yeah. And uh, some of the these opponents are all on the up. But let's look at City's record this year. How many games have they lost him? They've lost two games. You just need a draw. And they've drawn three Southampton, games. Southampton Southampton managed to get a draw out of a fully fit squad. If they play Brighton, Brighton are definitely a draw because Brighton are just the draw kings right now. They just—I don't know how they do it. This—that's the magic this right there. This weekend was the best I've seen Man United for a while. Yeah. In terms of like tactical awareness and fitness, after a winter training break. Yeah. Where they finally have some cohesion together, to do some training. Yeah. Who knows? And it's City United. You, these Soon. games Soon. always games brings out brings best. out the best out of United. Yeah. You need to for call some s- for once they have some pride in. You need to themselves. call Ollie for a second and say, "Hey, Ollie, can you just help us out for a second? We know you're good." I, at I this. just think <laughs> I, I, I personally maybe there is I can't remove the subjectivity into it. It's like I, I'm sorry. Yeah. If I have to choose as a neutral, if I have to choose between the two football club, I do prefer Liverpool. 
Yeah, I think for me, I think for we need it because we can't have Pep winning three seasons. As in a row. much as I sports hate Liverpool, yeah, I, I don't hate no, them, but I sports hate them. Yeah, I can appreciate, I can respect them as a club. I think Klopp's makes Klopp makes it hard for you to hate Liverpool. But also, just to, okay, you can't help but get goosebumps whenever you hear the uh, the cop sing, Enfield sing. Uh, yeah, you never walk alone. But anyway, that's not that. Uh, someone's going to use this against yeah. me at some point. So, so, um, uh, so four points. Do you think? I reckon. Six? I reckon four points. Four, four yeah. points. I generally think it'll be five. Maybe five. But both actually, of them. I actually think... I actually think it'll be four, five, six, or seven. Yeah. I don't care. I think Liverpool are going to be a point above City. I'm going for it. Bold prediction. Mate, there is I a big swing. We know how good you are. This is what I want. This is what's going to happen. City yeah. we'll are going see. to be I, I guess, I guess we'll see. Liverpool. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um... Obviously, there's no need to do predictions this week because there is no games. Um, yeah. So I thought we'd just quickly, just to, to wrap up, finally touch on. I know, Tim, you said you haven't watched much Man City this season. Mm. Um, so I want to ask who your player of the season has been so far that you've watched. Because um, yeah. this is good, because as you haven't watched much Man City, you might not you know, have watched any Man City players. So you can't really choose them. Yeah. So I know who, uh, who, but uh, also Man who City, you've watched. Man City players have play, they've been in so much rotation. Yeah. yeah Except you can't for, really was get it one. Bernardino who's played? Oh. Uh, Bernardo Silva. <laughs> Bernardino. Ber- Ber- yeah. I'm, do- I'm, I'm, <laughs> doing, doing I'm doing a tie. I like how they Bernardino. all shrivel to that excuse. It's tie. Yeah, we're doing a tie. Mm, yeah. Bernardino. Go on. Bernardo say Silva. His, <laughs> say his name, Bernardino. <laughs> Isn't it Bernardo Silva who's played like 22 consecutive games for Pep? Like, that's a rare for, Yeah, for their players, yeah. I do think Bernardo Silva has been their best player. I. Of what I've watched. Yeah. Odegaard. Interesting. Wait, are we going based off... Have you watched one Arsenal game? Did he score in that game? No. Why Odegaard? Uh, because half my friends... Okay, are why Arsenal. Odegaard? Half of my friends... Everything good in the last few times I've watched Arsenal came through him. Okay. Nathan, was your player? No, no, I'm going to ask you first because I want to see who you say. I want to see who you say. Okay, who do you think I'm going to say? I... I I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you'll pick any Chelsea players. I don't think you're, you're that stupid. Um, but I think you, you might pick a Chelsea online player. No. No? Okay. I'm picking currently the best player in the world right now. Mohamed Salah. There is no argument. There is. N- I have seen that man with the ball inside okay, maybe, the box. Okay, you're and right. And the way he can just <laughs> score a goal. Odegaard is my current favorite. He's gone for Odegaard. No, no, no. Hamid no. Salah's <laughs> come out the back. Yeah. He's gone, actually, He's like, yeah. I can't pick Odegaard anymore. Ballon d'Or winner Odegaard over Mo Salah. No. This is who you've watched. This is Salah was robbed. I think, I think, I think it's, it's one of those things where you, in, in the NBA, you pick the MVP. There's always the question yeah. about who's the best player and who's the most valuable to the team. Okay, that's a yeah. different... Which is, okay, yeah. If it's yeah. like best player... No, no, no. I think best player... Is, is Mo Salah. Salah. But the I think I yeah. just like Odegaard a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, talking, about, I'm yeah. talking about the best player you've watched, though. Like, you might yeah. not have watched any Liverpool games, so you haven't oh, really seen Oh, the best Mo player I've watched. So, so Tim Sibetli has probably watched more Odegaard and has said, actually, the performance is... I, I mean, Mo, Mo okay, Salah, single-handedly, has kept my uh, FPL team in relative relevance. I, I have to say, in all honesty, <laughs> I think it's still Mo Salah. When I watch Match of the Day mm. and the ball gets to Salah, I just know he's going to score. Can I change to Josh Sargent? Like, when you see Salah with that ball, I've never seen someone play with so much. Like, this, he's doing messy stuff. Like, when Messi had the ball against any team, you just went, oh, no, yeah, here we go. Yeah, think about, like, Messi it's, between it's 2010 to 2012 for Barcelona. Yeah. Putting the fear in every single Man United uh, fan ever. Yeah, and until he faced Chelsea. And 
Torres showed him how to play football. <laughs> anyway, Nathan. <laughs> oh, you mean Chelsea flop Fernando Torres? <laughs> uh, Champions League winner uh, he is, flop. Uh, you know. uh, Europa League winner Torres. Thank you. FA Cup winner. Yeah, I mean, that goal against Barcelona, no one will ever forget. That, 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 is, that is the moment. <laughs> that goal, that goal probably justified justify that that was the greatest there. moment of my life as a Chelsea mm, no. surely, yeah, surely yeah, Drogba coming coming in clutch twice yeah is the best moment as a Chelsea oh, 100% yeah. that like, last year was also magical but what about you Nathan I think there's been a few I think the obvious choice is Mohamed Salah not but obvious sure. the only choice it can but be I'm not going to go for Mohamed Salah because he is the obvious oh, choice he wants to be a rebel I'm going to give some credit to uh, to a couple of others uh, I, I do think Conor Gallagher's up there I think his performances for Crystal Palace Ooh. I think he, I think Tariq Lamptey's up there. I think he's been a star since he joined Brighton. And when you watch him on the ball, and y- y- you would have watched yeah. him against Chelsea. Yeah, he's, okay, I have seen he's Lamptey. A he's a player. Lamptey is fantastic. And defenders don't get enough credit. Oh, no, they don't. But we're talking about the best player. That yeah, yeah, that I've watched, though, that ball. I've watched. Okay, I'm, watched. I'm choosing that I've, I've watched Salah, and he probably would get the vote easily, yes. But I want to I just, you know, chuck a couple of names out there that I think maybe deserve it and deserve yeah. the recognition um I'll, i just want people to listen to the podcast and realize that nathan is somehow finds a way to add chelsea players into any segment that is about best players best team hey, only in one of them. some way one no, of them's a former chelsea was player. a former chelsea player but like if he didn't play, he didn't in play some way he always finds a way <laughs> he's very much a neutral i thought one of you were gonna say um mason mount <laughs> uh, to be fair, Mount is good, but he's, he's not. He's not. Mount and Foden have been. They've been good, but they've just been okay. They're, they're, they're not up there. I think Salah deserves every plaudit he's getting. I think he's having a what? hell of a season. Well, what about, what about Jared Bowen? I have to touch on him because he's been again very consistent for West Ham this season, putting himself in line for maybe an England call up in March. Currently. Does Bowen deserve to be on that level because he's doing the same thing for West Ham that Salah's doing for Liverpool? I, I think when it comes about the best player, it's a player who, when you look, when you see them play, you see something else that no other player has. When I see Jared Bowen, I can see players who can do what he's doing. When I see Salah right now, the people who did what he did were considered the best players in the world. He's doing what Messi and Ronaldo would do on a daily basis from the 2000s, end of 2000s to the mid 2010s. He's doing that, he's playing at that kind of level. When I look at Jared Bowen, I go, okay, there are players in, in the past who have played better than that. There are players in the past who have, who have you know, gone beyond what he is currently doing right now. But when I look at Mo Salah, I'm like, how many people have actually are doing what he's doing? That he's pulling the numbers that he's doing right now. Only Mo Salah's doing that. And the only people who come close go bad. What? Goats. I think that was a sheep noise, to be honest. No. I think you just made the noise of a bah. sheep. I think that's all you've done. Um, um, I mean, Salah, Salah has got six more goals than any other player in the Premier League this season. And the second player is... Yorker. And he's got nine assists. And got nine assists. Also, I just want to touch on that Diego Yotti chant. I can't lie. Even as a Chelsea fan, I can't get out of my head. <laughs> Which one? Oh, he wears a number 20. He will take us to victory. And that is the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I don't know if that's going <laughs> to be it. That. I do want to bring up one more thing, given that, oh. you know, we've talked about Salah. Yeah. I wasn't going to bring this up. Yeah. But we didn't talk about it last week. Because his contract 
extension has uh, negotiations have, have stalled. Oh yes, yes. He wanted, he wants. I think from what I've read, four hundred k. Yeah. A week. Yeah. Is he worth? Should Liverpool pay him four hundred k a week? I think Liverpool without Mo Salah would be very much a rebuilding phase, because Liverpool have almost built their whole team over the last couple of years to have very specific parts in how they play. Mm. That front three, when 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 it when was used to be Firmino. Salah and Mane, mm. right? Those three. We o- everyone always said Firmino is the one who could be semi-replaced. The moment you take out Mo Salah from that trio, who do you put in there who's going to do the same numbers? Nine assists. Let's not all joke around. I don't. Nine assists is hard enough. And also, how many goals? Is it 18 or 15? 19. 16? 16, 16, 16, 16, 16 Premier League goals. Premier League goals. That's excluding other competitions. That is ridiculous. Who are they going to get who's going to do the exact same numbers and do it consistently over the next couple of seasons? They cannot. And if there's, if he's playing his best football, let's, let's say he gets to the end of the season and he's still playing the same numbers he is right now. Yep. Who do you get on the market? Who? He wins a Ballon d'Or. That means you've let go of a Ballon d'Or Mbappe? Winner. Mbappe wants to go to Real Madrid. He's said countless times he's not going to go anywhere but Real Madrid. Mm. Holland? Maybe. But not in that position. Not in. No, not and he plays right. completely different to yeah. to um, Firmino. To Firmino, yeah. and he plays completely different to Manny. Completely, completely different to uh, to 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 what Salah does. Because Salah can give you an assist. Yeah. When he wants to pass to to, to Mane. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what yeah. do you think, Nathan? I. It's a difficult one. Do I see Salah leaving Liverpool just yet? No. Do I think any player in the world is worth four hundred thousand pounds? No, um, but in the current market yeah, that football yeah. is, li- uh, Liverpool should pay the money to keep him right now. And it's the, it, I yeah. would say the same about any top player, at any top club. I'd say the same about Rudiger at Chelsea. Yep, you know, you cannot let go of your best players. If you if you don't put the wages into retaining a player, yeah. you have to spend the money to go and buy a replacement. Yeah, it like must I be an I obvious can't, I swap. can't look at who, who Liverpool would target as a replacement for Salah, but you know, as I said, going off the Rudiger situation, yeah. you let Rudiger go for free, you have to go spend 50, 60, 70 million on a world-class centre-back. Yeah. Salah's the same. Forwards are more expensive, so you have to go and spend 70, 80, yeah. 90 million on a replacement. Yeah, yeah. And also, y- you talk about that, right, which is, and who do you get? But also... And also, it's a gamble. Yeah. Because you don't know if they're going to fit into Klopp's system. You think about like... Yeah. Hazard was sounded like a sure thing for Real Madrid. Yeah, and it wasn't. And they overpaid. Wow, Marina, you genius! Well, Liverpool are going to have to rebuild at some point anyway. Yeah, they have to. Their squad is aging, but is it is now the time? The only thing that worries me with the Salah situation is what happened with Wijnaldum in the summer. Yeah, how Wijnaldum just walked away on a free to PSG. Because that's going to happen. Because they, he, his contract expires this summer. Yeah. No. Next summer. Yeah. So he's got one and a half years left. I do think with the Salah situation is, I think Salah definitely wants to stay. I think with the Wijnaldum one is different because Wijnaldum is not in the same caliber. No. You can replace a Wijnaldum, but you can't replace a Salah. In the same vein that with, for example, with Real Madrid, they struggle to find the next Galactico because you just cannot replace a player like Ronaldo. 
Barcelona, same thing. You just cannot place a rep- we cannot replace players like that. Chelsea as well. When we lost Hazard, you can just tell the creativity that one player, like I look at ev- every game, even still to this day, I can't think of a player who can just say, give me that damn ball right now, and I'm just going to try and walk in and create something. Each game we're passing it around because no one is doing that. When you lose your best player who can just – look at Salah, it was his first goal against Chelsea recently. He had the ball in the box. I went, he's an, he can't, what is he going to do? He's going to be stopped by Rudigo or someone else. Scores a beautiful goal. You're going to let that go? And by who? Mbappe? What if he gets bullied by the Premier League and gets an injury and then stops playing? What, what then? I have to say like, a couple of names on this list quickly. Uh, what about Rafinha? You put Rafinha in a good team. Surely that's a world class. He, he's already class for Leeds, right? You put him in a good team. Surely that makes him into a world class player, no? If you're replacing him with Firmino, that makes sense. But if you're replacing him with a player you expect to get nine assists and 16 goals, that's the bar. That's what he has to meet. Whoever that player is going to play in there, they have to meet that bar. Who? Who does that? that point. Lewandowski, maybe? In um, the Premier League, untested. St. Maximum. I'm just going to bring up one <laughs> more point about the contract, and then I think that will be a good place. Yeah. He's currently on 200k. Other players who are on 200k: Thomas Partey, <laughs> Thiago, Silva. No, Thiago oh, Alcantara. Alcantara, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marcus Rashford, Harry mm. Kane, Ndombele, and on like 2k less. Uh, Saul Niguez? Yeah. Sal. Sal, sorry. Sal Niguez, yeah. Uh, Ben Chilwell, 10k less per week. He is clearly top of that class. He's being paid less than Kante. He's being paid less than Timo Werner. (laughs) Obama Yang. No, I'm not having any slander on Timo. Timo is class. No, I just mean, when we look at the comparisons, I'd rather have Salah. Cavani. No. Antonio Martial. Antonio Martial, Martial is the is best paid in the world. If he wants, so if he wants 400k, we, we nearly signed him, you know. That would put him. He's gone on loan. Well, he was good for the two years. Yeah, he was. Yeah. and then he just sort of stalled because there was lack of yeah. development. Klopp will get the best out of him. I, I don't want him to get anyway. Um, if he gets 400k, he'll be paid just less than is. He'll be just paid less than Ronaldo on half a mil a week. Yeah. And De Bruyne at 400k. Is he that class of player? Yeah. I mean, it's the same with the Rudiger situation where Rudiger is asking for 300, right? Or is it Apparently, you closer to 400. Is it closer to 400? Yeah, Bayern Bi- 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 wants to give him 400. Bayern wants to give 400. And that's where I think the Liverpool board has to make that choice is Pay the do you let a player of that caliber go who you know what you're going to get each season because you know each season is going to give you at least those numbers yeah or do you say let's splash 80 and see what happens they need to remember this is the same team that let Coutinho go and brought in players like um what were the names again when they brought in those three four players who? uh when they let Coutinho go like 108 was it like a, like 80 million or something Liverpool Liverpool when they bought I don't remember that yeah oh, years ago was it but 160 I thought yeah I think it was a 160 it was stupid money and then they bought like three players who were not of the same caliber so do they want to do that again same with Chelsea you know any other team that has players on the fringe like Bernardo well, Silva I like think is in the same well Liverpool's done it before they've, they've got ri- they sold Suarez under very dis- different circumstances yeah 
and replace him with Mar- Mario Balotelli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Back that was that was a squad now, Balotelli as well. I I just think Liverpool, do yourself a favour, yeah. pay the guy. Just pay the money. The money. It'll, it'll be even. It's still cheaper to have him on your books than to I buy another player. I don't. Th- this is risk-free. Yeah. I just don't. I agree. No football is worth that amount of money. But in the current climate, yeah. If you want to stay competitive, you have no choice. If you want to build this dynasty, yeah. If you want the last few years to mean something, yeah. Not just a one-off. You know, two fingers up to Man United. Yeah. You have to build something that lasts. Yeah. And. Just getting rid of salad this way, mm-hmm. it's not gonna. Ha- that's not gonna. B- yeah. That any chief as they say. What that a way to it. end it! What a way to end it! And um, yeah, Peter, Peter man. Oh, I've just spilled my drink over the table. There's not much left. But uh, in the last five minutes, um, it has been confirmed that Roy Hodgson is now the new Watford manager. Oh wow! And I'm going to leave you all with this thought for the week: Who can wait for the day when we see Roy Hodgson? And Harry the Hornet back on the sidelines again. <laughs> if you don't remember, if you're asking me whether Harry the Hornet should dive in that way, I think it's disgraceful <laughs> after Harry the Hornet mocked a goal that Crystal Palace scored. Where's Big Sam when you're looking for him, huh? It's, it's going to be interesting on that Probably off to Everton. It's going to be interesting on that <laughs> Probably. Line. Well, the relegation battle just heated up. It's, yeah. just, it's just heated up. And Wait, did you say battle with an American accent? Yeah, battle. <laughs> I'm tired, American man. My Too much NFL. Wh- huh? When I'm when I'm tired, my American and my I went to international school. Uh, my American and my Chinese comes Ooh, out. Sorry, international school. I did right. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Plebs. The end of. <laughs> the end of. Why, why, why did you add an S on that? Like I'm being involved in this, but he's the one that's taking the mick out. No, because no, because I went to private school and you guys didn't. I oh, went to private okay, school okay. actually. Which well, means then surely we're brothers. I know. That's yeah, what I mean. So why are you making fun of me? No, I didn't make fun of you. I just joined in. I was about to say, um, except for this. Uh, we had we had Dominic Rab and Boris Johnson. Yes, and uh, how was it with the class of thirty people? And I'm Nathan Saunders, MA. <laughs> <laughs> that's an in joke. I do apologize, everyone, uh, but I do hope you're listening, Jay. Anyway, uh, anyway, have enjoy a lovely your weekend, rest of peeps. your week. Uh, we'll see you next week, where we may even have another little quiz. Maybe it, maybe a tie versus Tim. Maybe a Nathan versus. I think Tim. it's my turn, but you guys need maybe to remind me. I keep forgetting. Tie versus Nathan. We'll yeah, see, we'll see. Text me on Sunday. I can barely remember to text you in like five minutes, mate. To be honest. You do, re- yeah. You guys forget. Not that it's your responsibility, because it's my responsibility yeah, well. to upload. But um, we'll come back. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll come back with a quiz. Might do a quiz. We'll come back with a quiz and some predictions. Getting ready for the Club World Cup and the resumption of the Premier League. We'll see you that. all next week. Bye. Oh yeah, that's happening. Club World Cup. Bye.